everyone, welcome back to the If It Fits podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Ping. And I'm your other host, Michelle Jane. So how's your week gone, Jess? What have you been up to? It's been a really busy week, as always. <laughs> I've been working in my full-time job, which has been really, really busy this week. Um, a big contract that I'm working on, so lots of brain work. Um, I've had a new intake of clients on my new eight-week shape-up, so I was getting everybody ready, and it was week one so we had their week one check-ins yesterday so yeah it was just check-ins all day yesterday took me about nine and a half hours yesterday and um all good everybody's doing really really well so I was happy with that and today just got up had a lush walk obviously the weather we've got here in Wales today is super nice it's mild and it just makes me want to get up so I've had a lovely walk um we're recording this podcast now I'm going to train get some studying in so yeah, same old, really. How about you? Nice. So, yeah, the same. So, super busy. But it's been a weird week because I'm having a lot of building work done. So, trying to concentrate and get work done when you've got builders in and out and calling you to come and have a look at stuff that they found. And so, yeah, it's been a super busy week. But i got the builders in again this morning and they're in again tomorrow. So, um, but same as you. So, I've got the 10-week plan starting on Monday. So, super excited for the next intake. So just been busy um, making the builders cups of tea <laughs> and getting the 10-week plan plans done so, and enjoying the weather. So when the builder left this morning, I uh, only went to walk to uh, Ponypool Park, where we ended up walking all the way to Griff, to his, um, round his mum's house to Griff Town, and then all the way back along the canal. So we were gone for about three three odd hours so a good oh 20, nice 23,000 steps so yeah enjoying the weather so super busy but um yeah all good good so, nice bye. well I just wanted to say um thanks to everybody for tuning in to our first podcast last week first of all before we start we had lots of really good feedback from everybody um so yeah just thank you all for taking the time out to listen to it We're hoping to bring you lots of valuable content now every single week, and we hope you continue to enjoy it. We're now live on Google Play, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts as well. If you do have Apple Podcasts, we'd really, really appreciate it if you could just go on there, subscribe to us, and um, give us a a lovely review as well, if you wouldn't mind, because that'll mean more and more people will get to see our podcast and listen to it. So we just want to help as many people as possible, obviously. Yeah, so thanks everyone. So thanks for all the great feedback. So in today's podcast, we are going to be talking about nutrition. So the basics of nutrition and how you start your fat loss journey. So what is a calorie deficit? How you calculate your calorie deficit? Touch on a little bit what flexible dieting is and the weird and strange diets that me and Jessica have done between us. So what what diets have you done, Jess? But talk us through the first one you ever did. Well, to be honest, the first one I ever did was probably just um, a diet from a magazine. You know, when I was younger, growing up, I used to get Cosmopolitan magazine back when I was in school and any girly diet, you know, they always had a page in the back, eat this diet and you'll lose seven pounds in three days or whatever it was back then. (laughs) So I just used to follow those to start with, you know, there was no talk about, you know, them being individualized to the person or anything like that it was just eat this diet plan and god knows they were probably less than a thousand calories looking back at them now so I think that was the first thing I 
sort of did. Did you ever do those yourself from the magazines? No, so I wasn't really bothered about my weight until I gave up smoking and I put on loads of weight. So the first I, I did then was Weight Watchers. And to be fair, I lost a lot of weight on Weight Watchers. I actually weighed less than after Weight Watchers than I was before I gave up smoking. So, and that was counting points. It was the old style. So everything had points, like fruit had points. And because fruit and everything had points, I didn't really eat any. So I would just spend all my points on, I knew the points in everything from Quavers, which I still know them now. Quavers was three and a half points. A two finger Kit Kat is two and a half points. <laughs> did you ever do um, counting points or anything like that? Yeah, I did. I did Weight Watchers while I was in, while I was in university, I think it was. I remember living in London and tracking points on certain things. And I downloaded, or I was on the internet site and whatever, but yeah I think for me it was just it was just ease while I was in university I don't think I didn't I can't remember any of the points like you can so I don't think I stuck to it for too long but I just remember be, being really lazy I eat to be fair I am still a very lazy cook I eat the most basic meals but I love them so but I you know they have all the ready meals in the freezer section so I just like buy those every day so like really processed like rubbish Dry meals and they didn't even touch the sides, to be honest. I'd finish it, and I'd, and half the time I think I'd eat it with like two slices of bread just to fill me up. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it probably wasn't doing much good anyway, to be honest. But yeah, I did do Weight Watchers. I've never done Slimming World though. That's one that I uh, have. I did Slimming World after Weight Watchers. So I lost a lot of weight on Weight Watchers, and they basically wouldn't let me lose anymore. So. I then went to Slim and Will, but I was so confused by Slim and For Weight Watchers, everything has points. It's straight, straightforward. You just count points. Yeah. For Slim and Will, you had Red Days, Green Days, A Choice, B Choice, Sins. And then Fruit had, um, was no Sins, but if you mashed it up, it had Sins. And I was like, what? So I only went to one and I was just mind blown. So did you ever do Slim and Will? Well, no, I didn't oh. do it, but oh, I've so got confused. so many friends who have done it over the years. So I sort of know, you know, what it's like and what it entails with the sins. And like you've just mentioned with the fruit, that makes absolutely zero oh, sense. How can it have points after it's been <laughs> mashed up and put in a smoothie? But I, I just think they try and overcomplicate it so much with Slimming World. And what I also don't like is the fact that obviously these these clubs like Weight Watchers, Slimming World is all purely based on the scale. You know, if you didn't lose weight that week, then you've done something wrong, clearly. And I just think it sets people up on a bad relationship with food because they're not being taught proper things, really. It's just it's just so overcomplicated. I mean, what we do with flexible dieting, is just so much easier to understand. And yeah, I, that is very confusing. I've never done it. But yeah, like I said, a lot of friends have done it. People do like it. And I guess... It's always good if people can start thinking about their weight and they're making an effort to do something about it and become healthier and fitter. So, you know, no issues there. But I do think it sets people up on a on a dangerous path sometimes yeah. with becoming obsessed with the scales. What's the weirdest diet you've ever done? Oh, the weirdest diet. I don't think I've done a weird diet. I'm just trying to think now off the top of my head. I've done like the specific diet. So I've done like the keto diet. I wouldn't call it a weird diet because so many people are aware of it. But I did do that for a, a good while. I did drop weight on it, obviously, but um I, I just couldn't I just couldn't sustain it. I could not live without carbs. I no. absolutely love carbs. <laughs> so how how I managed it for so long, I don't know. And what I realized in the end was that 
red meat because I was eating so much red meat that was what was triggering my IBS a lot of the time so I had the worst bad stomach for months and months and months and I think I stopped doing it for a while because I couldn't sustain it then I went back to it a while later and lo and behold the stomach problems were back again and I thought that's when I started to realize hang on a minute this is probably what's causing my stomach problems so yeah put two and two together but so yeah not necessarily a weird diet because I know a lot of people do it but yeah I did do keto on and off a couple of times and that's the the main thing to note there is I did it on and off because I couldn't sustain it because it's not the way I like to eat at all so I couldn't adhere to it for a long period of time but what about you I know you've done a couple of weird diets in your time (laughs) I've done those from obviously like slim fast and but the weirdest one I've ever done is the military diet which is the the boiled egg diet so you have oh um, yeah three eggs for breakfast, three eggs for lunch, three eggs for dinner. And then as the, the days go on, you add foods in. So you add like a salad and then another day you add in um, grapefruit. It was just really weird. But I actually did that for, I managed the whole week. But it's surprising how filling eggs are. <laughs> <laughs> now I do love eggs, but fair play to you for sticking yeah, that no, egg for a whole week. But... I couldn't do that. I, bet yeah, I, I managed like the whole you. week. But um, that, that was probably the strangest diet I've done. So, um, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah I've, done, I've done quite a few diets, to be honest. And the main There's one... There's just so many. There's no. like the Cambridge, what's the, the Cambridgeshire diet? Was that the soup one? Soup um, diet, and yeah. I did do a smoothie diet, actually. I've just remembered I did go through it for, through a phase of just drinking smoothies that I didn't last long doing that either. I mean, they are quite filling, but yeah just stupid just, and again I think that was from a magazine that I'd followed I think Katie Price had done it and I did oh, it yeah. <laughs> the, one I yeah. for the last few years is like a bodybuilding diet so um I got a coach um I've had a couple of like bodybuilding coaches and um you know they drill into you that you have to eat um so yeah hours a day every two to three hours a day so um yeah just a boring plain plain chicken plain rice plain beef mince and I did that for quite a long time, but that comes to why I'm not competing anymore. Because after being doing flexible dieting the whole way through lockdown, I was then going to compete there. And I started a few weeks ago. And after a few weeks of being on that strict diet again, I was just like, no, I can't do it anymore. Uh, I know. I've, I've done a few of those as well. I've worked with plenty of coaches like you over the years since probably about 2011. And I think back in the day, they were very, very basic, you know, traditional bodybuilder style, just chicken, green beans, chicken, green beans, then you have fish and green beans, or, you know, a bit of broccoli or whatever. So completely and utterly boring. I mean, to be fair, the meals I eat now aren't very exciting, because I like eating like that. But when it's the same thing day in, day out, it just becomes so boring. And like you mentioned there, where they tell you, you have to eat every two to three hours, or your metabolism is going to fall apart and (laughs) you know it's just not true but I got in my best shape ever a few years ago once I'd I'd done so many diets and like you I just struggled to stick to them I'd do them for months and months and then I'd like leave the coach or whatever and then just start eating normally and when I actually started just flexible dieting counting my calories I got in my best shape ever my leanest shape because I just enjoyed it so much and I've just lived that way ever since to be honest I just love it I can't imagine anything else yeah I remember the bodybuilding diets when I was just so obsessed with it and I know we've already had a chat and you was the same where I used to take my Tupperware everywhere with me 
I would literally go to Millennium Stadium to watch the rugby and I'd be walking the Cardiff streets with thousands of people eating my chicken and cabbage. <laughs> yeah, I've been there as well, <laughs> eating um, tuna and rice in the cinema um, instead of popcorn and or a pick and mix. <laughs> And I think I had a memory pop up on my Facebook yesterday, actually, um, from seven years ago, I think it was, of my six pack bag. Um, so that was like a meal prep bag you could put your Tupperware in there, which is, you know, very handy. But I think my my caption on it was, I'm on a work course today where refreshments are being provided. I don't think so. I'm coming <laughs> prepared. Or, so all of my colleagues would have been eating, um, you know, the food that's provided, some sandwiches or whatever. And I'd be there with my with my Tupperware refusing to eat anything else. And I wasn't even competing, mind you. At least you were doing some competition. No, I wasn't then. I wasn't competing. Oh, okay, okay. But this is when I just got a coach in from 2016. So, yeah, I wasn't even competing then. And I oh, okay. went, I went on, like, home weekends and stuff. And like you, I took my six-pack bag and I refused to, like, eat breakfast and stuff. I take my protein muffins but yeah, but looking back, it's, and I even went to like my mum's birthday meal and I just had a Diet Coke, went to my sister's birthday meal and I just had a Diet Coke because I was, I thought that I couldn't eat out and I didn't, yeah. I didn't even gave up alcohol for about two years. I was teetotal because I wanted to get fit. And I had one coach tell me before that, and quite a well-known coach, you know, alcohol is bad. You can't, you can't drink alcohol if you want to be fit. You, know, you can't eat out. And, and being like a sponge, I wanted to learn things. I believed it so yeah sad really looking back like all the things I missed out on so this is the why we're both like preaching flexible diets and you can't eat, eat out now and then because we've been through like years wasted years of our lives missing out yeah. on things because we believe that you know you, you couldn't do those things so and what all these diets come down to is basically a calorie deficit. So it doesn't matter if you're doing the slim fast diet, Cambridge diet, ketogenic diet, the um, all these weird and wonderful diets, weird and strange diets rather, they all come down to a calorie deficit. That's what they all got in common. And that's why yeah. you lose weight on it. So tell us Jess, what is a calorie deficit? Okay, so a calorie deficit, well, it basically it all comes down to energy balance. And when we say energy balance, what we're talking about is the relationship that we've got between energy input versus energy output. So to put it simply, if your energy input is the same as your output, you'll maintain your weight. OK, if you're eating the same as you're burning, you're going to just maintain and stay fine. If your energy output is greater than your input, then you're going to lose weight. And if your input is greater than your output, you will gain weight. So you can visualize it by sort of, I guess, thinking of, um, you know, like a traditional balance scale and to change your weight, whether you want to gain weight or lose weight, what you need to be aiming for is to sort of tilt that scale so that it's no longer balanced. So you can achieve whichever of your goals that you've got. I know obviously today we're talking specifically about fat loss. So in order to achieve this, what we're looking for is a negative energy balance. And that's what is also known then as a deficit. So the deficit can actually be achieved in two ways. So the first way as is the way that most of us already know about is we can reduce the number of calories that we're consuming or our energy input, in other words. Yeah. So for those who don't know, a calorie is actually a unit of energy or heat. 
And the foods that we consume are providing us with varying amounts of energy in the form of macronutrients, so protein, carbs, and fat. So protein and carbs provide us with four calories per gram. And then we've got fat, which provides us with nine calories per gram. So that's the looking at the energy input side of it. On the other side of it, then we've got um, energy output. So we can actually increase the number of calories that we burn over the course of a day. And the name that we give to this energy that we burn each day is total daily energy expenditure, which a lot of our clients are probably aware of. And there are four main ways, basically, in which our bodies can then burn calories and which make up our total daily energy expenditure. So we've got, first of all, BMR, which is basal metabolic rate. This is basically the amount of energy then that it's going to take for you to just survive. So for your organs to function normally, for you to concentrate, for your brain to work, it's basically the amount of calories that you're going to be burning if you were literally to just lie down all day and do absolutely nothing else. Everybody's BMR will be different because it depends on multiple factors such as your age, your weight, um, your gender, your muscle mass, etc. And BMR actually accounts for around 60% of the calories that we expend every single day. So that's quite a big chunk, really, when you think about it. Then we've got NEAT, so non-exercise activity thermogenesis. And this is the energy that you expend doing normal daily movements. So such as household chores, brushing your teeth, um, twitching, even fidgeting, you know, when you sat there and you're you're putting your leg up and down under the table while you're on a phone call. You know, all of that is, is classed as NEAT. And, you know, light walking. I've cleaned the bathroom today, so I was expending energy, but it wasn't planned. So then we come to exercise activity, which is the planned exercise that we've got. So that's, you know, the hour that you spend going to the gym or when you go out for a run. And obviously you have some sort of control over this. And then finally, we've got the thermic effect of food or TEF for short. So this is the energy you expend eating and digesting food. So obviously even that burns calories. Every single thing that our body does burns calories while we do it. It takes energy for us to do that. And this accounts for around 10% of your daily calorie output. So interestingly then, when you're looking at it, if BMR, the basal metabolic rate, and the thermic effect of food together account to around 70% of our total daily energy expenditure, that obviously means that the remaining 30% is allocated to NEAT and EA. And of course, it'll vary. But the exercise activity, the EA element, actually tends to account for as little as 5 to 10% of the energy we burn. And that's it. So that's you going to the gym, going out for that run. That, that accounts for about 5 to 10% of the energy you burn on a daily basis. So, of course, exercise is still very important for many, many reasons, which we'll save for another podcast. Um, but as you've probably determined by now, the biggest factor that we can control in terms of energy balance then is the calorie input. So we've talked about creating that deficit now by consuming less than what we're burning. So now that we know what needs to be done, um, Michelle, do you want to talk about how we how we move from here and the best place to start to create that calorie deficit? Yeah, so you know what a calorie deficit is now. So Jess has explained perfectly what energy balance is. So now to uh, work out your calorie deficit, um, you do need, the easiest way is to use a calorie calculator. Um, There is 
ways of doing it. Mathematically, me and Jess will do it, but just for you guys, it's easier just to use a calorie calculator. So like Jess explained, the, the calories are all independent. So each person will be completely different. So there's no point copying what your friend is doing. And there's no point, and for example, I will go on to like my fitness pal, but a lot of people, they've my fitness pal works out at 1,200 calories for everyone and people yes. stick to that. So obviously it's not taken into consideration everything just explained. So your, your total daily energy expenditure. So to work out your calories, you need to do it through a calorie calculator. And now Jess and I both have calorie calculators on our link tree. So you can access that via our Instagram bios. So in there, you'll work out, you just put in your details, which is quite straightforward. So your weight, age, height, um, and how active you are. So how many days a week you train, how many steps you do. And that would be your, um, and then you put your, your goal then. So we're talking about fat loss today. So you put, put in fat loss. And then it would work out your calories for you, which is independent to you based on your um, basal metabolic rate and just your, well, mainly your TDEE. So just to explain the, um, the calorie deficit and how many calories you need for fat loss. So it's calories. There's 3,500 calories to one pound of fat. Now, that's quite quite a lot. So to create that deficit, you need to be eating 3,500 calories less a week to lose one pound of body fat. So you can do that by splitting it up through the week. So 500 calories less every single day for a week will be one pound of fat. Now, 3,500 calorie deficit is quite big, isn't it, Jess? So if you think, so yeah. people come to us, like I had... Um, a few messages this week everyone's panicking now because the world opens up in in June and they're going to start going on holiday going out I've had three messages three different people wanting to lose three to four stone by June wow mathematically if you work that out that is 4.3 pound of fat every single week consistently for 13 weeks now, if you want to do that, it's 3,500 calories to one pound of fat. So think how many calories, you know, you need to be in a deficit. It's just yeah, not a huge deficit. <laughs> so this is why we say to lose one pound to two pounds of fat a week. And your deficit will be 500 calories every single day. So that's your calorie deficit. So if you put it in all in the calculator, the calculator will work it out for you. And then what you do with those calories then, so you use the app MyFitnessPal. So you put those calories into MyFitnessPal and then you put your food in there and track every single day. So what is what do we mean by flexible diet? Now, the rule that both Jess and I stick to and we tell our clients is the 80%, 20% rule. So what that means is 80% of your daily calories should come from single whole ingredient foods. So I won't go too much into it, but things like, so you've got your proteins, so your lean proteins, like your chicken, your turkey, your turkey breast mint, your 5% beef mint, your steak. And then obviously if you're um, vegan, you've got your um, 
tofu and, and things like that. And then you've got your complex carbs. So your potatoes, your rice, your pasta, your couscous. Then you've got your fats. So your um, essential fats, so your avocado, your nuts, your peanut butter, your eggs, your olive oil, coconut oil. Um, and then you've got obviously your fruits and your veg. So 80% of your diet should contain a them. Then you've got your 20% is for the nicer stuff. So your chocolate, your crisps, your glass of wine on the weekend, a, the occasional takeaway with a family. So as long as you stick to the 80% rule for the things that your, your body needs, but that's for another podcast. But And then you've got your 20%, which is for the things that you fancy. So your meals like with your friends, your glass of wine with your friends, your takeaway now and then, the McDonald's with your kids. So there's nothing off limits with a flexible diet, but it's not flexible as in eat all the food, live on McDonald's, live on chocolate. It's it's just a variety, isn't it? So make sure you've got the, the healthy side of it and then also the things that you fancy so you don't miss out. Yeah, definitely agree with that. We want to be introducing mostly, you know, nutrient dense foods that are going to give us, you know, all of the vital vitamins and minerals that our bodies need. We want adequate fiber sources. So, yeah, we're absolutely not preaching eat whatever you like, you know, if that's going to be pizza, chocolate crisps all day, every day. Of course, we're not because, you know, we're big on health as well. But we also want people to enjoy the process and unless you are, you know, a competitive bodybuilder or an athlete, or, you know, if you've got a job that requires you to be very strict, normal, normal people like us, like me, Michelle, and, you know, all of our clients, they just want to lose fat, but do it in a, an enjoyable, sustainable manner. So yeah, that's exactly why we preach this 80-20 rule, because it's going to happen otherwise. And I feel like if with the strict diet, a lot of the time, if somebody falls off that diet plan, even just one day, it can often result in feelings of guilt, feelings of failure. Um, and then it can often, you know, spiral then, oh, well, I fell off my diet plan today, so I may as well, you know, ruin my entire week. And I think it just sets up quite a, a negative yeah. relationship with food for people, doesn't it? It does, yeah, because I've been in that restrictive mindset. So I used to be all or nothing which is not a really good mindset to have I was either lean and living off chicken and rice or I was slightly overweight and uncomfortable living off McDonald's um, and fast food because I didn't know how to have a flexible lifestyle like I didn't know how to just enjoy McDonald's now and then I didn't know anything about health really so I just either knew how to follow a diet plan or to just live off McDonald's (laughs) yeah I didn't know I didn't know how to have a balance so now though you know we're we're both now educated and we both just want to just explain to people that you don't have to have the 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 strict structure that we both lived for years yes of course chicken and rice has its place yes of course you're not going to be a picture of health if we live off McDonald's but having like a McDonald's once a week is not going to ruin your fat loss journey at all. No. Do you know what I mean? So I've always thought that if I had, if I did eat a McDonald's, that was it. My fat loss journey is over. I've ruined everything. I might as well just eat the contents of my fridge. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I mean. It just does spiral out of control, doesn't it? And I quite often, in fact, even last night, somebody messaged me, hi, Jess, do you do diet plans? And I said, no, I 
obviously with a client, if they come to me and they need help figuring out, you know, at the start of the flexible dieting journey, I can give them example diet plans. And this is, you know, what it's like, the type of diet, but I'm not telling them to follow it strictly. It's just an example. This is how you could get some foods in and it's just to help. And then as they get become more comfortable, obviously we work together over the weeks and they start doing it themselves because everybody gets bored as well after yeah. about on a diet they're like well, this is boring now and and you shouldn't really be eating the same thing every single day forever because you're not getting that variety that your body requires then you so I definitely would never just provide you know um a diet plan to someone you know just to purchase a diet plan it I would give a diet plan to somebody working with me, you know, with me coaching them and working through it so I can help them move to a flexible approach. But yeah, there's just so many things to consider when when dieting as well. And we've obviously just discussed there the calorie calculators. But again, we've said that 500 deficit, but also something to consider is the fact that these calculators, whilst they're, you know, fairly accurate, they don't know your backstory either. They don't know, you know, if you've been dieting for six months prior to that and what calories you've been eating. So your, you know, your total daily energy expenditure might be wrong. It might not be that accurate. So one thing that, you know, is good when you're working with a coach like us is we will help you monitor that over time. And if things do need to be changed, it might not be a 500 calorie deficit that you need. It might, you know, on paper, according to the maths that have come out. We might need to make it bigger. We might need to make it smaller. So everybody's individual. So it's always a bit of trial and error as well. So who are we to just give out a random diet plan, leave somebody go on their way, and then they've got no knowledge of what to do. You know, if that doesn't work, what happens? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's a very, it's, an, it's a bit of an art, isn't it? And it's a lot of trial and error in the beginning. So yeah, if you do find that it's not working for you, if, if you know, you go and use one of these calculators to work it out, then stick with it. I think we both say that stick with it for about two to three weeks, isn't it? Because yeah. And if you plateau then, or if, if something's not working, then you can make a change. So then you can, um, depending on if you calculate your calories and your weight's going up, obviously the, the deficit needs to be bigger. So you need to put in a bigger deficit or if you're, um, you're not losing weight or, you know, you need to mess with those numbers. So there's going to be a time when if the numbers are working for you, there is going to be a time when your metabolism slows down and you plateau. So you will need to make a change. So you can make a change with your um, energy output. You can add in a little bit more cardio or your steps can be increased or you can make the calorie deficit a little bit bigger. So this is something that we do as coaches. So this is why we have check-ins once a week so we can, we can monitor it. So if you're doing it on your own, it is a little bit harder, but you just got to give it time. So there's no point changing your calories every week because our body's weight fluctuates all the time. So, you know, you give it time and give it two to three weeks before you, you need to make a change. But that's why it's great having a coach. You know, the, the coach will take off all the guessing for you um, and they, they'll work it out for you. So if you yeah. need to help, yeah, if you do need help working out your calories, if you, the calorie calculator confuses you, just send one of us a message. If you're using my calculator, just just um, slide into my DMs and <laughs> just just let me know if you need the help working out your calories. And you know, me and Jess would be happy to work out your calories for you. No, no problem at all. Yeah, we're always helping out people in in our DMs. And I think before you even consider um, 
whether you've hit a plateau and whether you need to make changes first of all I think you need to make sure that you are actually tracking everything correctly because a lot of the time people are not you know they're lying to themselves a little bit they're not quite tracking or I'll have a little I'll have a little mouthful of this but you know I'm not going to put that on my fitness pal it was only one bite if you do that all day every day then you know that's all going to add up over the course of the week so I think it's about being very honest as well you know sometimes people forget to put in the dash of milk that they add into their coffee or the oil that they use for cooking there's calories in absolutely everything so it's about getting into that habit um yeah, of just yeah. being being strict and it is a bit daunting at first especially if you're not used to tracking but in I think in both of our experiences people have you know within a week or two they're absolutely loving it I'm really you know I get it now I'm learning so much about food that I never knew before about the calorie content the nutritional value of all of the food so yeah just get into that habit especially in the very beginning I, once you've been doing it for years and years like I can sort of judge meals now without yeah. without tracking it I know sort of, you know, roughly what 100 grams of chicken looks like. And I know that the half a packet of rice is going to be whatever. So I can judge it all, but that I've been doing it for years. So, but yeah, in the beginning, you do just have to be honest with yourself. And and it's about not making changes rapidly, necessarily, you know, unnecessarily, sorry, all of the time. You need to give things patience. You need to be consistent yeah. over time. I tend not to... Just if somebody hasn't dropped weight, and this comes back to what we were saying about um, the slimming world earlier, where it's all focused on that scale, that weigh-in day. Well, I ask my clients to weigh every single day. There's the odd couple who don't like doing that. So, you know, I don't want to stress them out. So they don't. But I like to try and get everybody to just see the scale weight as the data that it provides is not, you know, fat. If it's fluctuating up, if it's gone up by one or two pounds overnight, you know, unless you ate unless you ate 7,000 calories extra the day before, then you didn't gain two pounds of fat overnight. So everything affects the scale from, you know, sleep, stress, you get water retention, females on their period. And there's so many things, even if you had a really hard training session and your muscles will be holding lots more water if your muscles are sore. So there's so many things to take into account. So when I'm looking at my clients' um Data, I like to see their daily weight so I can look at those fluctuations um, across the whole week and look at it as a sort of weekly average rather than, you know, just the one way in a week because that's not really telling me as much. And I find that that helps clients as well um, start to come to terms with the fact that, you know, the scale is going to fluctuate. It's completely normal. They don't need to stress out about it. And quite often they come to me, should we, should we drop my calories after one week? And I'm like, no, let's, yeah. you know, see what happens over the next week or two. And then we'll think about dropping. So yeah, it's, um, it's just mainly about patience, consistency and accuracy, but you know, we're, you're not going to do it. I think you put up a really good post with it today or yesterday, Michelle, about the, being the impatience one. Yeah. I thought that was a really good post. Yeah, so it's basically just being consistent and patient. Patient is a massive thing. So if you think that to lose one pound of fat, you need to eat less, you need, it's 3,500 calories, which is quite a big deficit. So to lose one pound of fat, so you're better off losing one to two pounds of fat every single week. So it stays off and it's just fat. What you don't want to lose, which is another podcast, it's muscle, well, water and mainly muscle. So you want to retain or even build muscle whilst losing body fat. 
so and that takes time you know losing body fat takes time so you just need to stay consistent stay on the same calories give it a good few weeks before you make any changes pay attention to what Jess said to your tracking I used to have a really really bad habit every time I open a fridge I used to take a piece of ham <laughs> if I make a cup of tea I take a piece of ham now every piece of ham is like 40 calories 40 to 50 calories <laughs> and I just do it without even thinking and because it wasn't classed as a meal or a snack I wouldn't track it yeah well that's what so many people do without realizing like you said like you, you're not doing it on purpose or purposely trying to cheat my fitness pal half the time but it's about stepping back and thinking oh actually, actually I should put that in my fitness pal I should check it even like little things like I know we're not really in offices at the minute but when you're in work and the, the celebrations are going around for Barbara's birthday and you take two each one of them is 50 calories yeah so if you think if you're doing each day you're taking a piece of ham out the fridge you're having the chocolate for Barbara's birthday you're taking a chicken nugget off your kid's plate if you're just doing one of them a day that's you know 50 calories every day you're not accounting for do you know what I mean that's 350 calories every week yeah and over time that's all going to add up it, it is about just being accurate and making making sure that you're just being honest with yourself I would say but I think what both of us do with our clients though Michelle um is the sort of calorie banking as you yes. call it on the weekend which I think works really really well because the weekend tends to be the time usually you know you know most of the time when we're not in lockdown to be fair it's probably not so much of an issue right now but when we're in normal life the weekend is where people tend to fall off the diet and they do it sort of Monday to Friday really well they might be okay on Sunday but that Saturday they're going to go out they're going to have a meal with their friends they're going to do whatever they're going to have a few drinks and everything sort of gets blown up there and and if you are on you know like the bodybuilding style diets that we used to be on where they'd say you know go out and have a cheap meal that cheap meal can just not a meal is it it's usually a day it's a day and it becomes thousands and thousands of calories. You know, you can easily eat 5,000 calories plus in a day, you know, without even thinking about it. Um, so what Michelle and I like to do is offer our clients, you know, it's up to it's personal preference. They don't have to do it, but you can you look at your calorie target on like a weekly basis. So your weekly calorie target. So I've got an example here in front of me now. So this client her weekly calorie target is 11,200. So that works out to 1,600 calories a day. So she can either eat those 1,600 calories every single day for the seven days, or if she wanted to implement some calorie banking, what we would do is take off 100 calories a day, for example, for the for six days of the week. So she'd eat 1,500 calories. And then on one day, she would have 2,200. So that gives her the opportunity to, you know, incorporate a higher calorie meal, incorporate some alcoholic drinks, you know, a dessert if she wants it. And it's all about that, um, that balance and enjoyment with life. And I think that works well for both of our clients. Yeah, my clients, um, my clients love doing that. So on my checking sheets, what I do every week when they check in, ask them if they've got anything coming up like the next week. So especially if they're new to tracking. So what I do then is help them to calorie bank. So I just explain to them, right, you've got your friend's birthday coming up, enjoy some cake, have a meal. But this is what you can do Monday to Friday, if it's on a Saturday. This is what you can yeah. do Monday to Friday. And this is how you can save calories. 
So um, yeah, and I call it calorie banking. So um, my clients love that. And it, it just lets them have a bit of flexibility and a life so they don't feel restricted so they can eat out and enjoy foods they like. Um, and also it feels like, I hate the word cheat meal, but it feels like they are kind of cheating. Yeah. Going way over their calories and then going out of a surplus. And it also allows you to plan ahead, plan for, you know, you like with me, it would have allowed me to plan for my mum's birthday on a Wednesday because I used to have a cheat meal on a Saturday. Because it wasn't Saturday, my mum's birthday was, I panicked. And because it my cheat meal was on a Saturday instead of a Wednesday, I just didn't eat nothing. Yeah. I didn't know how to calorie bank. I didn't know that I could eat something for my mum's birthday that was on a Wednesday, not a Saturday. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, and that's so, just so sad, isn't it, when you think it's back? It's really sad, it. yeah, looking back. <laughs> Sorry, Mum, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bring you some cake and I'll eat some cake on the doorstep with you this year because it's uh, <laughs> next week your birthday. <laughs> oh, is it? Next week. Oh, bless. Hope she has a nice birthday. It was my birthday. When was my birthday? Last week or the week before? I think, yeah, I didn't get a cake this year, but I did have some treats. So that was nice. That's I didn't. I say to my clients, day they panic when it's their birthday. Like, I can have a big cake. I was like, it's a rule. You enjoy cake on your birthday. You don't trap on your birthday. <laughs> just enjoy. No, just enjoy it. And you'll enjoy and that's it. That's the thing, isn't it? We're preaching um, about balance and about a lifestyle here. So people are going to have that birthday treat whether or not we say it they'll then hide it and then they'll feel like they can't say it but if we're there just helping and supporting we can teach people how to do it how to stay on track how to get back on track the next yeah. day it doesn't need to be the end of the world because you've enjoyed some birthday cake or not tracked your calories for one day so yeah so, this yeah. is why we like to educate clients so because something you know like us it wasn't around when I first started my fat loss journey. I was no. just giving diet plans. And to be honest, when I first started, I didn't even know I was in a calorie deficit. I didn't know what a calorie deficit was. I didn't even know what a calorie was. I didn't know what macros were. So this is why we like to educate our clients. And if a client comes to me and asks me, how did you work out my calories? You know, I didn't just pluck them from the air like some of my last coaches did. I, we actually know how to work them out and can explain how to work them out. And also, I like to show clients how to work out the calories and stuff. So when they do ever leave, they can continue with my fitness pal. They can, they're educated on how to have a flexible lifestyle, which is something that we've never been taught, really, have we? We've always been taught how to just no. follow this diet plan. That's it. I mean, yeah, exactly. I, I thought like green beans and broccoli were the king, like all other fruit and vegetable was completely off limits because the I sugar didn't eat was fruit for about two years. I know you weren't allowed to eat fruit <laughs> plants. It was just like, no, it has to be green and it has to be broccoli or green beans. And that's it. You can't have an apple. No, you absolutely can't have a banana unless it's post-workout. Then you might need a banana to replenish your glycogen stores. And oh, it was just so complicated. And and yeah, I'm just so glad that I've educated myself on it. Yeah, and like, we can, we can help to educate other people. And 
hopefully so they don't have to go through the same mistakes that that we have done in the past and and as we've both said you know we completely understand if you are prepping for a bodybuilding show it's or you're, yeah it's different. of course it's different and it's temporary and you might have to do that but that's not what we're talking about yeah here. you're not bodybuilders so you've got to ask yourself if you're following a structured plan where you're eating six meals a day and you wake up at six o'clock in the morning and you're eating chicken and rice if you're not bodybuilding and you're not do- doing a show you just want to lose body fat then why are you following a bodybuilding diet because when I first started my fat loss journey I just wanted to lose weight you know I didn't need to be on a bodybuilding diet the first ever bodybuilding diet I was on they was timed so I had to wake up at 6 a.m even on my day off to eat tuna and rice at 6 (laughs) a.m lovely (laughs) if I wanted to lie in I had to wake up at 6 a.m to eat tuna and rice and go back to bed like why Uh, I just wanted to lose some weight but yeah you you don't need to be on a a structured boring plan eating the same foods every single day but if you like doing that then you know carry on doing it but if you want to learn how to have a spaghetti bolognese for your family in the evening and not cook all different meals then you know you can do that and just have a flexible lifestyle and that's just just what we're about really is just educate you on how to have a flexible lifestyle and get away from the the slimming clubs and the diet shakes and the all the other weird stuff, the fat burners, and you know, you, you don't need it. You really don't need it. You, I want to say, just being in a calorie deficit, but a calorie, the concept of a calorie deficit is quite simple, but it's not easy. Like being in a calorie deficit, no. you know, it's, it's hard, but the concept is easy. You, you know, you, as long as you're in a calorie deficit, you will lose weight, you will lose body fat. And that's just what this podcast today is about, really, is just to help you to start your fat loss journey, explain to you, which we have, what a calorie deficit is. You've got access now to, you know, where the calorie calculators are. So on the the bottom of this podcast will be Jessica and I's Instagram. So just go to either one of us, click on our link tree. There's a calorie calculator. So fill that in. If you have any issues or you're confused, just send one of us a message and we can help work that out for you. Yeah, absolutely. Just just reach out to us. You know, I'm always helping people in my DMs and people who message me, send me an email or whatever. I'm one of them. She helped me. <laughs> <laughs> and you helped me back. So, you know, but yeah, we're, you know, both of us are completely happy to to help people out. You know, some people just have a quick, brief question and please don't be afraid to reach out to either of us because we're all about helping people and, you know, giving as much value as we possibly can so you know, we're not yeah. asking you to sign up with us you know 24 7 to give you any bit of advice so and that's why we set up this podcast as well because we want to share yeah. the sort of things that we know and want you and all that's to- why we both got the free calculator as well you know is we're trying to give away as much free stuff as possible so of course this is our jobs this is our our life but you know for to share our message we're not charging for it so we, we're trying to help you guys as much as we can so yeah reach out to us if you do need any help yeah fab so i think that wraps up the nutrition side so next week we're going to be covering the training side so how you start your fitness journey what you need to be doing and also the we're going to share with you the weird training plans that we've done and the, the weird exercises that we've done because I've done a few. Oh God, yeah, me too. I've had some some looks in the gym over the years for <laughs> all the random Instagram moves that I've tried to follow in the gym. 
<laughs> yeah, so there's some of them now which I see people do and just cringe and go, no, I used to do that. <laughs> I know, me too. The well, I'll save it for next week actually. But yeah, yeah, yeah I'll save it. <laughs> But yeah, thank you so much to everybody for listening to us today. We hope you found the podcast useful. Please let us know if you have. And like we said at the beginning, if you don't mind subscribing to us and leaving us a a review. If you do have any questions, like we've said, reach out to us. And that's it, really. Just thank you. Hope you all have a great week. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. So um, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.